Alright, this is Steven for memeandmeaning.com and today we're going to talk about what vegans get wrong. Now, I'm pretty much going off the cuff for this one, but I thought about it a lot. Um, and I myself pretty much envy, and I have been for the past four or so years. Um, and how vegans hate when you say something like that, because that means you're not totally vegan. Uh, I mean, you don't, you must eat some form of animal product. And I do um, eat eggs from homegrown chickens where I know they're treated well and raised well. Um, but I was never really in it for the label <laughs> of vegan to begin with, so they can say whatever they want. Now, I imagine most, most of you probably listening to this aren't vegan. And I think it's probably valuable just for everyone on whatever side you fall on, or if you don't wish us to fall on any side, um, I think there's probably something of value in, to, in this for you. Now, obviously there is a cultural um, clash of ideas when it comes to these two groups of people, of vegans and non-vegans. And vegans tend to have a, uh, or non-vegans tend to have a, a uh, perspective on vegans where, you know, they, they seem like they're so uh, smug and morally superior in a very self-righteous way. And they care too much about these insignificant issues when um, we have bigger problems going on in the world. And <laughs> vegans, <laughs> uh, they look at uh, non-vegans, whether they be vegetarian or um, meat eaters, as they're doing something completely horrible and atrocious and genocidal even, in terms of what's going on in the factory farm system with the billions upon billions upon billions of animals slaughtered each year for food across the world. And I think even just in the U.S., like it's, it's some outrageous number, the amount of animals we, uh, we kill per year. And I feel like this divide really sort of stems from a misunderstanding of each other. And since vegans are the ones going in a direction contrary to the cultural norm in every society, um, and they're the ones trying to quote-unquote push forward, um, it's 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 heavily on them to make sure that whatever message we're trying to put out comes across well and is understood. Obviously, you can't, you know, you can't really take responsibility for how people take your message, and you can't make people think things other than what they think. Um, but depending on what your goal is. And maybe this will be the first point. Um, depending on what your goal is, 
as a vegan and as an activist, if you are so, will depend on your approach. But you should also question uh, what your goal is. Like, for example, um, I used to be an activist when I was 17. Um, and I was part of a group called Direct Action Everywhere. And we used to literally go into restaurants <laughs> and we'd hold signs and we'd basically protest and we'd be yelling in the, in the restaurant and whether it was a sort of repeatable phrase or sentence, just all these different um, things. And obviously people were just <laughs> immensely pissed off. Um, you know, to them, we're coming in and disrupting their dinner that they worked hard to pay for and they're trying to have a good time with their friends or family or whoever. And, you know, who are these idiots coming in and yelling at them? Um, and we expected all that. And now I don't do this anymore and I don't even, I don't agree at all with this, uh, this way of going about it anymore, which is why I stopped quite a while ago. But, um, the goal with that in our minds at the time was never to make any of those people vegan or stop eating meat. It was mainly to, you know, take videos of it, get a movement online of other vegans seeing that so that they will be, uh, inspired enough to do the exact same and through that start a bigger cultural conversation around the whole issues of eating meat if you think that's an issue or not <laughs> um, and so that, that was the whole point and you know it was a rare occasion if someone like if we did a protest or whatnot, and then we later heard from someone that it actually changed their mind. That was a very rare occurrence. Um, in terms of you know pe someone who was in a restaurant eating, and that we actually opened their mind to think differently about the whole situation and consider not eating meat anymore. That was like that was very rare. Um, you know, it did work to some extent for getting some vegans more active. But I think most just were turned off by the whole idea, probably for two reasons. One is like their whole goal, like they, the end goal for them is like, you know, stop the immense uh, suffering and stop the um, factory farming system at least as a whole. And the other goal is probably, or the other thing on their mind is probably like, well, there's, <laughs> you do this kind of thing, uh, many people just aren't going to like you. There's a lot of social ostracism that comes in addition to already just being vegan on its own. Um, and so there's probably, those are probably the two main components to that. But as I said, I no longer do that anymore. And I have a very different view on the whole thing. Probably one that many of you who eat meat 
can relate to more than many of you who just uh, are vegan. And for me, when I when I went vegan when I was 16, it was entirely because of the animals. And I stay that way pretty much entirely because of uh, the animals. Now, it's, it's more nuanced than saying, like, eating meat is bad and otherwise, you know, you're fine. Um, that's not my view on it. And, I, and I'll get into that. But in first understanding your goals, you should question whether, like, that idea of just getting vegans riled up to start a cultural conversation, like, that's not really a bad idea. But this methodology of doing it just seems like a total hindrance to anything like that or any other sort of goal you could aspire to. Like, and, you know, the organization, they basically claimed, and maybe still claim, I don't know, I don't follow them, but um, they claimed through, like, data and social science and social change movements um, that if you had a certain percentage of the population and they did nonviolent protests and all this, that actually you could shift change um, in this in this way. And, you know, I never <laughs> crunched the numbers. I never uh, looked too much into it at the time. I just sort of took it. But I did the whole thing pretty much because you know, I saw something that I that I perceived to be absolutely horrendous on a uh, on an ethical level, and I was just so desperate to do anything about it. I think that's why all these, you know, many of these vegans, pretty much probably all these vegans, they just they're so desperate to do something. And. So in analyzing your goals, you know, I, I feel like pretty much anyone who doesn't eat meat for ethical reasons, your goals are probably pretty much to stop the consumption of animals. And whether that means all animals or animals that are not raised well, well, that, that's, that gets into more nuance. And for me personally, and now, now, well, now I speak to the mediators, and the, they're listening to this. I don't think you're bad. I don't think you're a morally bad person for eating meat. Um, <laughs> this gets into, I guess, morality as a whole and the notion of evil. Um, but I don't think you're a bad person I think that this is mainly a systematic issue with regard to how connected we are or disconnected we are from, from our food and most people and I still may be doing this to some extent most people sort of go along with whatever their culture is doing. Um, they don't really think past it too much. And that doesn't make them bad people. 
but on some level they're participating in something that is far less than the ideal and it actually is um i think if when we look back historically on this on this moment in time 100 or 200 years from now you know the whole factory farming system specifically is going to be viewed as a, one of the biggest atrocities in in, uh, in history. I genuinely believe that. I don't think you know if, if if you're a meat eater out there, and you disagree with that sentiment. Um, I encourage you to just go watch some of the footage. And I understand there may be a lot of cognitive dissonance that comes along with that, but you know what we're doing. It's pretty damn terrible. The amount of suffering going on for some uh, for some food, and now you could debate whether that's necessary for humans to survive or not. Um, and I also have ideas for how to approach that issue. But what's going on in that in that whole system, the whole CAFO system is is not good. <laughs> And there are much better ways to go about doing it if you're going to eat meat. And that's where vegans will start disagreeing with me because they don't, you know, any animal dead is a bad situation in their eyes. But for me, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned with the main issue. And the main issue is that, you know, 99% of the meat is coming out of these god-awful systems. And obviously, the well-raised, um, or the meat coming from well-raised animals, obviously that's more expensive. Obviously that's harder to acquire. There's less of it. And that's a problem which, <laughs> again, uh, I sort of have an idea for. But it, it ties back into the, the notion that this is a systematic problem. This is a problem that won't be solved, in my eyes, by individual people changing the way they eat. This won't be solved by people going vegetarian or vegan. I don't think that's at all feasible. Uh, and I, I like to play the idealist game on many things and you know, strive for bettering the society. Ne obviously never going to have a utopia, but why not strive for it? I, can, I, uh, I sympathize with that sentiment. But... Okay, the numbers are just way too, way too skewed. You know, hundreds of thousands of people are born a day, and the vast majority of them, well over ninety percent, um, they're gonna be, they're also gonna be meat eaters, and the percentage of vegetarians and vegans is growing, but at a very, you know, not a, not at a rate where it's gonna displace things anytime soon, uh, or at all. And so I really think this is a systematic issue. I think this is a problem with, again, how disconnected we are from our food. And I think technology is ultimately going to be the thing that has to solve this, if anything is going to solve it. Because in addition to the animals, whether you can relate to that or not, um, the toll it takes on the environment, that the factory farming system, and even... Uh, grass-fed systems that, you know, they can take a toll on the environment, but especially the, the CAFOs, 
um, concentrated animal farming operations. You know, the ocean dead zones and the rainforest de uh, deforestation due to growing soy and corn for these, um, for these animals to fatten them up so that we can kill and eat them. Um, the environmental toll, the toll it takes on your health, you know, if you're eating all this very uh, low-quality meat, if not just meat in general, um, I'm not a nutritionist, so I'm not going to uh, hold, too, hold too hard on whether or not all meat is bad for you. But the, the raping of the environment that this thing, that this system causes, and obviously, the, the, like I was saying, the problems it leads to with our health, and the animal uh, suffering. Like it's, it's a massive issue in terms of its scope and depth and breadth across how it reaches um, to so many people in so many different areas of the world. And I feel like emerging technologies such as clean meat, uh, which is just curated lab meat <laughs> uh, and it, you're probably you may be averse to that but I, I can explain a little more uh, I feel like technologies like that are really the only solution we have um, I think other solutions being proposed right now are either going to be periphery solutions alongside this one or they won't be at all and I think the moral component won't be realized or admitted on a broad cultural scale until it's already switched over because I'm going to, well, okay to preface this, I'm going to make a comparison I'm not exactly equating the two, but I'm, I'm equating the principle, so you may be averse <laughs> to me bringing this up or you may not be, but know that I'm equating the principle of how human psychology works in terms of moral progress, or a sense of moral progress so like with slavery, many people didn't really have an issue with it. Um, but when it became abolished, you know, years later, only then most people were like, okay, yeah, that was totally wrong. Now they still have <laughs> many elements of racism and issues with that. But now virtually everyone, at least in the Western world, is abhorred by the notion of slavery. But that only occurred after, right? Now there were obviously people during and before that were like, "No, this is this is totally wrong." Like all of you, <laughs> like if you're around in hundreds of years, you you would totally agree with me, and they would have been right. Um, but I feel like we're in a similar situation with respect to with respect to how this will unfold, because if factory farming is replaced by clean meat, which is my ultimate hope, because because <laughs> I don't, you know, if I could tell all you meat eaters out there to change the way you eat, but most likely you're not going to. Most likely you'll just get pissed off at me, and you'll be totally averse to anything besides what you're doing. And my goal isn't to divide us. My goal is to sort of unite on common ground that, like, okay, can we both agree that what's going on in factory farming is not what we want? It's not ideally what we want. It's not something we want to support at all, really. Maybe you still just want the taste and you want the food, and I understand that. 
and I don't think you're a bad person for participating in the system, but you are participating in it. Um, and yet, would you be willing to shift the way you maybe think about how technology is, occur is emerging and see that this option is far better for all these reasons of the animals, your health, and the environment? It's like we there's not going to be <laughs> any fecal contamination. Uh, there's not going to be uh, viruses that come along with these lab-grown meats. Like, we can literally tune them to whatever sort of nutritional profile we want. And there's so much research being done early. It's, it's, it's at its budding infant stages. And if you're more interested in this, I highly, highly recommend a book called uh, Clean Meat by Paul Shapiro. It's, it came out within the past year, I think. Um, and it's sort of a survey of where the whole industry is right now and how, how it's moving fast. And it's, it's likely going to start with clean leather and people start wearing that and they'll get more comfortable with, it, with the idea of lab grown, um, of utilizing and consuming lab grown animal cells and then move on to other things like gelatin, um, and various products. Which, which we can make all these things. Um, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not deep into the science. I'm not a uh, stem cell biologist or anything like that. So I'm not going to try to act like I can explain things on that technical level. But on the, on the level of consideration with how I think this all needs to unfold, you know, for to solve many of these problems, at least the environmental ones and health ones, I think you could at least agree with me on. Um, it's important to consider this and to realize that this is the way things are moving towards and that, especially with the environment, we don't have a whole lot of time to hold on conservatively to our bond with the current factory farming system. And I think there'll always be actual farmers, you know, who have a ranch and they grow, I mean, and they raise cattle and, you know, they're all grass fed and they live, they live a life on the fucking range. And, um, you know, I'm not going to bicker about that. The reason I wouldn't do that is because I myself don't want to kill an animal unless I absolutely have to. So if I wouldn't kill it myself, I'm not going to pay someone to do it for me. Um, I feel like that's hypocritical in a sense. And so that's why I choose to not eat, you know, free-range meat. But I think that point of just really focusing on factory farming as the main issue is something that vegans get wrong. You know, they, they, it's an all-or-nothing thing it's a you're a bad person or you're a good person like me kind of thing. And I really have a distaste for that kind of attitude because the world isn't black and white. <laughs> there are bigger problems and there are smaller problems. Um, we could disagree about what those are, but it's not like everything is on the scale of genocide. Everything is not on the scale of the most extreme horror you can imagine. It's a sliding scale, obviously. Um, <laughs> things are nuanced. And people can be wrong uh, in their reasoning. 
but and through that through recognizing that then maybe you can also come to you know as a vegan you can also come to see that you need to relate to people on a human level to have any sort of chance of even shifting their mind a bit or planting some sort of seeds in their mind and you know you have to sit down and have an honest conversation with someone where you can't attack them and just slime them with uh, slurs or moral indignity. Because, I mean, you were once in their shoes. And so did you deserve to be treated <laughs> as subpar? Um, and I, I think most vegans probably aren't like this. It's really the loud ones, like I was, that... Um, to have a sense of this. And even back then, like, I didn't really think that people were bad. I just wanted to do something because I was so desperate. I mean, it's just, it's just not a black and white issue. That's, that's sort of the point I'm trying to make here. And I know I'm probably being re really redundant with certain things. But you need to be able to have an honest conversation with someone without devolving into um, emotional slander. Like, you need to be able to relate first and foremost. And see that you, both of you are part of a much bigger system that neither you on your own can stop um, or change. And in fact, most people aren't going to stop. And we need to come up with better alternatives to what they want and they already desire. Because it's just sort of a human psychological thing where if you're not connected to the consequences of something you're doing, you're probably not going to care about it. And that goes for humans, that goes for animals, that goes for any sort of issue going on in the world. It's like, I think many of us were in a third world country and we saw the squalor. We'd be far more moved to do something about it, but because we're in our country, wherever we are, and we have a more comfortable life, or maybe we're just focusing on our daily problems, you know, life as hard as it is, you know, we're not moved to seek that information out or to go there and, and help with things. Like you can't extend the human connection beyond actual face-to-face -face connection. It's just very hard to do. It's very hard to do. It's very contrary to um, human psychology and human nature, I think. But, you know, in all, if I try to summarize the points here, uh, in my opinion, factory farming is the main issue. The clean, the uh, the free range stuff, the legitimate free range stuff, and a lot of that stuff is bullshit. A lot of it is just a marketing scheme to think to make you think you're doing something better when you buy it at the store. A lot of it is bullshit, but a lot of it is. But some of it, you know, especially if you go to a farmers market, you know, the farmer directly, you can get stuff that is that is a much better way of doing this, much better way of eating animals. Um, that's, that's how I view it. And I think that'll always be around. I don't think we're, anyone's ever going to change that, uh, that niche. Well, that now niche used to be the norm, right? But no one's ever going to fully erode ranches and cattle raising free range. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, the other problem is, like, vegans in particular, you have a moral smugness, and you're not appealing to people. 
You have a very self-righteous attitude in their eyes. Um, if anything, they just want to see you pissed off. And when you just have people getting pissed off at each other and they just want to see each other pissed off at each other, well, you know, now we're playing the game of politics <laughs> and no one's going to get anywhere. Things are going to keep moving how they're moving. You have to, in my opinion, you have to approach it at a different level, a more human level where you can relate to individual people and shift their mind through conversations and not necessarily shift them with what they do, but with how they think about the situation as a whole and how they understand the nuance to it and how they become open to emerging alternatives to what they're doing, such as clean meat. Because I think this is a systematic issue at its heart. Uh, I think it has to be solved at a societal and world level at this point, especially with you know emerging economies and growing middle classes in places like China and India and eventually elsewhere. Um, it's going to have to be solved through technology like many of our problems to be solved. And likely there will probably be problems that come from that. And that's, that's sort of the nature of it, solving problems. That there's, there tends, the solutions you create tend to cause more um, or different problems. And that's fine, you know, but because we have to approach this one. This one's too big not to, uh, not to address. Even if you just think about it from the environmental level, the impact is just too large to... It's too large to ignore. And if you're interested on that, I recommend a movie called Cowspiracy. Now, it's it's made by two vegans who sort of come from the uh, a more typical vegan approach, and they say things about free range, which I'm not sure about the validity validity of those statements. But in terms of the factory farming, uh, I think I think they're pretty spot on. Now, I'm not a statistician or things like that, so you know, just just watch it and approach it yourself, and do your own research and all those things. Like, don't ever take anyone's word for anything. Um, but even with that said, that doesn't mean you just doubt everything and continue doing what you're doing. Like if, if there's an expert, we sort of have to take expertise on things because we can only do so much in life and only focus on so much. And these people have done far more of that in whatever realm and domain they're speaking on. So you have to be able to balance these things. It just comes back to that. <laughs> so much of this comes back to you being able to balance ideas and approaches and being nuanced. And at least appreciating the nuance and, and getting a little bit more humility on whatever thing you're actually considering. But I think this problem is only going to be solved, or primarily going to be solved by clean meat, because I don't think plant analogs or alternatives derived from plants, I think, you know, this is going to take long enough as it is. It's going to take even longer, maybe twice, maybe even more, twice as long, um, maybe even more. And... You know, it's getting really, getting really good, like something like the Beyond Meat. Uh, I forget what it's called. The the top of the line Beyond Meat burger, it's really fucking close to meat, man, uh, as far as I remember it. And then um, there's there's ones like from Impossible Foods. I haven't had that, but I've heard really good things about it. Um, you know, it's getting really close, and I, most people probably couldn't tell the difference, but they're already going to be averse to the notion of lab-grown meat, and they are really averse to notions of plant-based meat. So, you know, we, we probably have to have both for different kinds of people, but I think on the whole, people want what they already have. And the closest thing to that is going to be clean meat. And in fact, it's going to be better than what they have. As soon as we can bring the cost lower, as soon as it can be just as convenient, as soon as it's going to be more apparently healthier, uh, 
it's going to be hard not for, for people not to switch over. It's just going to make far more sense, especially on the cost. Because right now the meat is subsidized heavily in this country, in the U.S., and uh, without that it would be far more expensive. But it would, once we, you know, once we mass produce this process of creating clean meat, of, uh, <laughs> of, of meat breweries in a sense, that's how he talks about it in the book, um, once we do that and we bring the cost down, I think it's just going to be, it's going to be a no-brainer for many people. And that's my hope. Um, but I feel like it's only going to be solved on this level. And one, one thing I realized I forgot to talk about at this point is, well, many of you probably think like, okay, so, so there's many vegans out there who's just like, okay, all meat needs to stop. No one needs meat to survive. We can be totally herbivorous and be fine, healthy, and thrive as a human race. I don't know if that's possible. I am not everyone in the world. Um, and maybe for many people, maybe even for all people, we just can't have that data. Um, and I myself have known, I know that when I started eating eggs, I did feel better. I felt like something was off. Things were starting to feel off before I started doing that. And maybe that was a placebo thing. I don't know, right? <laughs> I didn't get my blood tested at that time. I have before, before, but I didn't get my blood tested at that time to check if I was deficient in anything. But I started eating eggs and on a feeling level, I felt better. Um, now I, I didn't had any while. I'm just too lazy to go there. <laughs> Um, but one thing I have considered and actually have done is I've eaten oysters, um, things like clams, mussels, um, yeah, these, these sort of quote unquote animals, the neurology points to a pretty strong conclusion that they likely don't have any sentient experience. And if the main issue is pain, uh, that requires consciousness, that requires sentience to feel it. And so provided that their neurology is so primitive and not similar at all to other animals. Uh, researchers have, they've come to a tentative, collusion, uh, tentative conclusion that these animals feel, most likely feel nothing at all. And so I've eaten those. Um, that's, one, that's one solution for people who maybe don't, who decide that they don't want to eat uh, cows, they don't eat chickens, they don't eat pigs, any other animals that feel pain, but they still want some amount of meat in their life. Um, oysters and mussels and clams and uh, sea creatures like that, they could be a good alternative. Um, and now things like eggs. Dairy's an iffy one because based on the research I've done, I think dairy's just really not a good food health-wise for most people. Um, it's a pretty unnatural thing to consume another animal's milk <laughs> after uh, infancy, or any animal's milk after infancy. Um, and people have done it, and Europeans have specifically adapted. You know, most of the world besides that is uh, is lactose intolerant. But I feel like you pretty much have to inseminate the cow, and you have to take her child away from her pretty much in every case, to get the amount of milk you want. And that's, to me, that's a process I really don't want to be a part of. That sounds pretty terrible uh, in my view. Um, but maybe if you had a farm and you had a cow and you took some, you could hypothetically do it in a more ethical way. But eggs, you know, raised well, 
I, I just can't find any qualms with them, really. Um, and so in a sense, maybe the most ethical way to to, to eat um, is something like a tentative uh, vegetarianism. And there's one channel on YouTube um, I'd recommend because she, she, she provides a pretty rational approach on a lot of this. Um, is, is a channel called Unnatural Vegan. Um, I forget her name, but she does a good job. I, I value her content. Um, and I don't really... I don't really identify with the whole movement of veganism or anything like that anymore. It's just not a part, it's not a main part of my life. I just do this because I don't want to be a part of, um, I don't want to support factory farming and I wouldn't want to kill an animal myself, so I just don't do it. It's not a big part of my identity at all. And so with all that said, I hope uh, you meat eaters out there, like, can you relate to any of this? Um, is there things you disagree with, with me on, um, send me an email, <laughs> uh, which one should I give you? Admin at memeandmeaning.com. You can send me an email there, whether you disagree or agree with me, you like what I'm saying, you can relate, or you're like, nope, Steven, you're wrong. Um, I'd actually really enjoy that input because I'm, I'm open to other ideas, um, and same with you vegans. I, uh, I'm largely in your camp, but I think you're approaching things in the wrong way. I think you need to relate to people more. I think you need to change your goals uh, and understand this is a systematic issue that can't be really be solved on an individual level. At least there's almost no chance of it being solved on that level. So with all that said, I'm sure there's plenty of redundancy in this episode, like I was saying. Um... All that was pretty much off the cuff. And I hope you can just at least approach this issue, this debate of whether or not to eat meat. It's very nuanced. It's extremely nuanced. It's not as simple as like, oh, you vegans are retarded, shut up. And it's not as simple as, oh, you meat eaters are wrong and evil and you need to stop right now and not kill any animal ever again. It's so much more nuanced than that. And if you can at least appreciate that, you know, we can actually have a discussion culturally. And that's, uh, that's the only way things move forward. Because the other alternative is violence. <laughs> and no one wants that. I really don't want that. Um, and conversation is the mediator. And when it fails... People either do nothing and things continue the way they are, or they fight and bloodshed occurs. So let's uh, let's go for free speech. Let's go for conversation, right? All right. Have a good one. Peace.